What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another edition of the No Stopping Kev Show. We're here another week. Feeling great, Dad. How you doing? I'm feeling good. I'm ready to go. Get it on. All right. Um, all right. I just, I'm going to just let that one go. All right. So, yeah. Want to get, get right into it. Um, you, your week been all right, though? I got to check on you because, you know, you know, I got to check on senior citizens during this time of COVID, you know. Actually, my week been pretty good. Pretty good. I'm surprised you let me have the senior citizen comment. Well, you could buy with a lot of things that um, I shouldn't get by. But you know what? The thing is, I'm glad to be getting up there to be a senior citizen because the way that things going around in the world today, uh, I'm happy to be called a senior citizen. Yeah, each, each year you get older, it's a blessing, you know? Like, it's, it's funny, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you're afraid to get old, you know? But as you get older and you realize you start outliving some of the people you grew up with, um, it's, it's really a blessing to still be here. Um, kicking off the show today, though, I want to talk about something important, something special. Um, my boy Antoine, who, who's been on the show, you know, my real estate mentor, him and his wife are, are working on a new venture. Are you familiar with the Philadelphia Sun or Sunday Sun? Old newspaper? Yeah, I heard of that, but no, I'm not familiar with it. Really? I thought it was from the dinosaur years like you. I don't, I remember hearing of it, but I wasn't into that paper. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Antoine is a Mount Airy native. Him and his wife uh, live in Mount Airy currently. Um, and one thing I didn't know is that in that area of the city, um, there's a lot of development going on, just like there is in Point Breeze. Um, different parts of South Philadelphia and even in the North Philadelphia. There's a lot of, you know, developers making multifamily housing. And in this area where Antoine is, you know, he's been seeing a lot of historic buildings uh, being either knocked down or, you know, converted into uh, multifamily residential units. Um, And so because this is his home community it's important to him right you know if it's if it's a, something historical to you and your community it should be preserved right just like they preserve george washington's house and all that stuff down on, on independence mall right it's important to somebody um so it should it should remain there whereas you know in black communities sometimes you know we can get pushed to the side um and eventually pushed out um, so what Antoine and Sam are doing is they're fighting to keep uh, the Sun building. Um, they have it under contract. They are working on securing, they're, they're asking the community for help. Um, the, the one area where they're, they're falling short is the construction budget cost. So they're asking the community to collectively raise $100,000 through GoFundMe. Um, the link will be on my social media pages. Um, I'm supporting. Um, so, you know, give what you can, whether it's one dollar, five dollars, a hundred thousand, whatever, whatever you can spare. Um, I think it's a great project because it's something that's going to give back to the community. So with their plan, to do, what they plan to do with this building is um, the upstairs will be two two bedroom residen- residential units at fair market rents so that people from the community can afford to stay and live in the community. Whereas with a lot of these new 
uh, apartment buildings, high rises, uh, they tend to take more of that luxury approach. And so they cost more. So what happens is people from that community now have less less options for housing um, the more and more they build these things. Um, his wife, Sam, no one to sleep on. Uh, Sam is a PhD student at Drexel. Um, she has a lot of community development experience. Uh, but, you know, she's focused on, um, you know, things that they can do with that first level to really help uh, local businesses there. So, yeah, Sam wants to keep the space open. Um, and and what, they're, what they're looking to do with it is, uh, you know, it it's a, it'll be a commercial space where they can partner with businesses from the community. They can hold events there for the community. So it's really going to be a space that gives back to the community from a, a uh, community meeting or, you know, business approach as well as the residential um, units up top so I think it's I think it's phenomenal what they're doing um, to help preserve something that has such great history um, right there in their Mount Airy community yeah I would say that's something good um, yeah to keep the community their community staying the same out there are people moving out I'm not sure, but there's a lot of development going on over there. So, I mean, it'll probably start trending, you know, the same way you see many other areas of the city where they have begun and have been building uh, for quite some time now. Well, you know, I know when I was younger, Mount Airy was a real nice area out there. You know? mm-hmm. Nice area. And, uh, you know, I, I think that what we see a lot of times with these um, real estate investments, from you know these big time developers this is all profit driven right you know the community isn't isn't is an afterthought if it's even considered um so you know what Antoine and Sam are doing you know has the community first um which is why you know us being part of the Philadelphia community we really should do our part and what we can to make sure uh you know they complete the mission on this one because it's important like I said preserving history um, right in our backyard. So don't let someone just come in and, you know, break down our stuff. Uh, let's try to rebuild it and revitalize our own community because there's a lot of organizations out there that, you know, they're focused on revitalizing the community, quote unquote. Um, but my question to that is a lot of times revitalizing it for who? Like who's going to be there after all this work is done? Um, so just, just something to think about there. But again, Check out my uh, social media pages. You will find a link to their GoFundMe um, account, and anything you can so anything you can uh, donate is greatly appreciated uh, by Antoine and Sam. I'm, I'm going to thank you for them in advance. Uh, so please donate. Dad, did you see any of the fights? I hear about any of the fights yesterday. You talking about the um, Roy Jones Mike Tyson fight? Yeah. Did you see it? No, but I heard about it this morning. You know, um, I heard about it. Um, somebody said, you know what? It came up a draw. I know it came a draw. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't see any highlights or nothing on it. Did you see any of it? No, I didn't see any highlights. I'm probably going to catch a rerun, though, later today. Uh, but, yeah, it was interesting. I've, I've never seen Mike Tyson fight. I've seen highlights, and that man was a bon- monster back in the day. Uh, but, you know, I, I will like to see what he looked like. You know, at 54 years old, you know, he, he said something funny. I saw a, a clip today on uh, 
on Instagram and, you know, everybody was talking about how they were scared for Roy Jones Jr., right? They were, everybody was afraid he was going to get hurt. And Mike was like, why nobody worrying about me? He's like, this dude, his last fight was three years ago. Mom was like 15, 16 years ago. He said, I'm a beginner. Um, so it was just funny. Mike Tyson's a very funny guy. But there was another fight that probably got even more attention. Nate Robinson. You know who that is? Yeah. You know what? I was reading something on it. I didn't go, go keep going through it. You're not talking about the Nate Robinson that used to play basketball, are you? Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Lil Nate decided to get in the ring with uh, Jake Paul. YouTuber, very controversial. Uh, hated by a lot of people. Um, I guess Nate was like, listen, I'm a big time NBA player, you know, big time on football field, big time track and field, you know, world-class athlete. I can take this kid, right? Nate got knocked out, <laughs> like went to sleep on the mat, <laughs> like nighty night, little man. And I just, I, I just, I'm just struggling trying to figure out, like, you know, there's certain sports like, yeah, you can cross over into, like, you might not be great at it, but, you know, if you're a decent athlete, you, you should be able to hold your own, right? Boxing isn't on that list of things. The, the, any fighting-related sport, I don't think that's something you should just, just try to venture at in your later years. Like, I got a friend, right? She got a little brother. About 21, he decided he wanted to start boxing. I'm like, why? Like, why you want to play around with a sport that leaves people with CTE, right? When people have been boxing their whole life, you just want to get in there and have fun just because you want to get your head knocked off. So going back to Nate, I guess he thought he could take Jake Paul. You know, he probably was like, yeah, I can take, take this little white boy. I got to do it for the culture because everybody hate him. He always saying some racist stuff. But, you know. Nate took that L. He took that L. He went night and night. I had glanced. I had glanced through that like real quick, and I and I meant to go back and and, and read read up on it because I think it had some other stuff with it. Um, um, yeah, but like you saying, um, yeah, Nate, Nate, um, maybe he thought he could fight. Kev. Maybe you know, maybe that's like and listen, like. Part of the little man handbook, right, is you shouldn't be voluntarily squaring up with somebody that's not identical or smaller than you in stature. Like, by all means, if you're in a position where you got to defend yourself, do what you got to do. But when I just look at them staying face to face, right, I'm like, yeah, Nate's only, what, eight pounds less or something like that. But when you're just looking at the stature, I'm like, he still looks small compared to this guy. In a sport like boxing, where you your objective is to knock the other guy's head off, size matters. So it, it's wild. It's wild. Like I, you know, I I guess moral of the story is, stay in your lane, do what you do. That's something that basketball teaches you. Nate should have known this very well. Like shooters shoot. You know, guys that are slashing. You know, if you're a slasher, if you don't really had an outside shot. You don't go out there jacking up threes because then you on the bench. You play to your strengths. I don't think boxing is one of Nate's strengths. Or I guess now we know it's not one of his strengths. Well, 
maybe he better pick somebody else, and then maybe he might be a little bit better. You know what he did strongly, though? What? Hit the mat. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, he he tweeted out this morning that he good. So, you know, know, his his pride probably a little hurt. Ego took a little – ego had to get put back in check, I guess. But, you know, medically, I think he's all right. Well, maybe he'll hit the gym a little harder now. Yeah, maybe like, he'll come back again. Like, I ain't see the fight, right? But I was talking to one of them. I was talking to Earl about it, right? Earl was like, yeah, man. He, like, he didn't have a bob and weave, but none of that. He was like, Earl said it looked like he was, like, jumping into the punches. <laughs> I was how, like, no. How, how long did it last? <laughs> he knocked my man out in the second round. <laughs> And this was Jake Paul first fight? This was this was his second fight. Oh, one oh made his okay, one and oh. Yeah. Yeah, so so okay. Jake Paul, this was he had a little bit more experience coming in. So Nate should have should have known he had to come correct. Well, I mean I don't I don't know why I can't say, you know, he I I would have to see the what? It lasted probably three, three to six minutes. <laughs> three to six minutes. It didn't that was last. over no, quick. We know it didn't last six minutes, so he got through the first round. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Nate was doing. Man. Yeah, <laughs> me either. Um, but, yeah, so I just, you know, the other thing coming out of this weekend – Thanksgiving weekend is, uh, you know, it's, it's a time to be thankful, right? You know, it's, it's 2020 has been a crazy year. You know, I've said this time and time again, uh, but you really got to look at what's important, right? So, you know, I look at one thing um, I learned about or not learned about, but was reminded of is the, the importance of sacrifice, the value of sacrifice, right? Like in basketball, you know, you sacrifice, you know, your your pride, uh, you know, maybe there's certain things you desire to do on the floor, but, you know, the coach thinks you should do something else. You let all that go. Um, even in, in, in life, like sometimes there's things you got to let go in order to take the next step, right? You know, 2020 has kind of showed me that, right, where it's like, Jesus, where it's like you have to be willing to, you know, maybe not go to different gatherings, not, uh, you know, not go to different gatherings, you know, wear a mask, you know, just stay home, you know, to stop the spread. Uh, but that's something that people have been struggling with. So for me personally, I'm, I'm glad that you know, or I'm thankful that I understand the importance of sacrificing and realizing that, you know, when you zoom out, the bigger picture doesn't just encompass Kevin, right? It's it's more people at stake. There's a whole world at stake. And so, you know, part of that is, you know, allowing me to keep, you know, my parents safe, right? You know, I see you guys occasionally in person, um, but, you know, I'm a little bit comfortable with being around because I know I'm just not out here running the streets, you know, in, in places with no mask on, engaging with people. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm happy and thankful that, you know, I have the, 
you know, that I value sacrifice and that I have the discipline to, to do it uh, during this time. You know, me, um, I guess I just try to really, like you say, about going around and, and trying to stay safe. Um, and not, I try not to expand like anywhere. You know, my, my worst fear was me having to travel to work every day. And like the day I, you know, by them closing down the city, um, trying to help. And, and it's a shame that everybody else don't take heed to this. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thankful too that, you know, I didn't, I haven't lost anybody, um, you know, any loved ones this year due to COVID. Um, so I'm thankful for that because this is the thing where, I, you know, I know a lot of people that have lost people or had people in the ICU with it and it's a scary thing so I haven't had to go through that and you know as we get deeper into these colder months uh you know I'm definitely gonna have to buckle up tighten up when it comes with you know increasing safety measures and how careful I am um day to day just to make sure I'm not part of the uh people spreading it well you know the thing when I really probably started taking it more seriously was when um you know Brianna uncle died from it um and you know that was somebody that you know I knew and I hung with you know and hung with I mean we was close um and when it it got him like I I knew it was real but you gotta know it's real because of how many people going and, and stuff like that you know it, it's not a joke and it's just like for me like like now when when they ask people not to travel and it's like this and now when it comes to taking the city back i don't think that we're gonna come off um january 1st i don't believe stuff's gonna open back up like that yeah me either and uh you know i look at you know one thing one area where i've been impacted is with uh high school sports right so i coach basketball and you know a lot of kids you know all year since since last since March, you know, when this thing really hit, you know, I'm getting hit up like, Coach Kev, when can we get in the gym? And, you know, it's like, I don't know. And it's like, one, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So you still got people around the city still playing ball. And I'm like, I don't think you can safely play basketball in the middle of a pandemic like this. Um, so then, you know, you got to, you know, we're, they were looking at the season and usually, you know, I didn't realize this, but, uh, you know a week or so ago Devin was like man we usually would have been going to practice around now and I'm like you're right like tryouts would have been you know a couple weeks ago um you know right now I think the city city is in terms of the PIAA public league or a public league rather it's looking at you know reassessing things January 1st um but uh, we we got to see. I don't think we're gonna things are gonna get much better by then. I think if anything, we'll be in the same spot. Um, especially because it's gonna take a while for a vaccine to be rolled out to um, everybody to make it safe again. So it's definitely unfortunate. Um, you know, I got to try to get creative and find ways to still engage with players, make sure I'm still present, um, especially from a mentoring role. Uh, but you know, it's it's tough out here. But I'm glad that you know. I guess I'm not happy we're not playing right now but I think it's the right decision um, especially when you think about players who um, may have older relatives living at home like if I was in high school I wouldn't want to have to go to a gym or go to somebody else's gym 
compete against other players that, you know, I don't know where all my teammates have been. I don't know where all my opponents have been and then come back home to my house. Um, so, you know, I think it's the right decision ultimately. Um, it's unfortunate, but, you know, this is this is temporary and we got to keep doing, you know, the best we can to, uh, you know, make it out of this thing. You know, my thing, like you said, is right. Um, I don't know. Do you do you try to contact some of your ball players? Yeah, I've reached out to them. Um, you know, even if it's just to check in, especially ones that have uh, graduated also, because you know, I know it's a weird year. Like going from high school to college, it's already an adjustment. Um, doing it under these conditions, you know, is even even tougher. I feel like so. Yeah, I try to stay in contact. Um, whenever someone think, whenever someone comes to mind, I try to shoot them a text immediately, rather than letting it pass and then you know more time elapses. So I'm not talking to players every day, um, but when I do think about someone, I try to try to shoot them a text. Yeah, you know, and I I just realized what they canceled um, a football game today, or is, is one coming up? Cause of, I I just heard it on the news. Quickly, did you? Yeah, hear I think they. Else? I think they uh, postponed one of the NFL games to like Tuesday, um, because players are testing positive. And like, you know, I, I said this from the jump, you know, but people are gonna do what they got to do to make money. Um, but it's like for sports to be successful and for players not to contract COVID, and I guess people have said, hey, you know what, you know, ninety nine percent survival rate, but. Now, I think the only way to really do this safely is to have a bubble. Like I look at college sports. It's like if most of the classes are virtual anyway, why not just have all college athletes go to like one of these big campuses for your division, right? And take the Big Ten, have them all go to like Penn State's campus somewhere, stay on dorms near the, near the gym. And then you kind of create some type of bubble atmosphere where it's not quite like how the NBA or WNBA bubbles were. But, you know, you kind of limit the traveling and, you know, who people can come in contact with. I know there's a lot of challenges with that logistically, uh, but, you know, I don't think you can have people kind of living normally in an unnormal time and you're trying to do things you normally would do. I just don't think the, the equation quite works like that, you know. You know, you know what? Just thinking about what you're saying and, and all about that, like, I guess that would be hard for somebody that's really active and really playing basketball. I guess that would really be a change for them to not be able to play right now. You know, or, you know, just like, how would you feel when they just canceled one game, you know, or you could, they had to postpone a game to knowing that you can't play this whole season. I yeah, guess that's, that's tremendous. You know? Yeah, it used to suck when, you know, in summer league, when it rains, right, your game's canceled that day. You know, you may or may not can make it up the next day because they might have a different age group on that day. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely tough. You know, I'm not trying to make light of it at all. Um, it's just the unfortunate reality that we're living in. Um, so, you know, hopefully we can get through this sooner rather than later. Um, you know, I think that, you know, as we transition with new leadership here in this country, some things may change um, across the board. Restrictions may get a little tighter. I'm a little bit more uniform across all 50 states, uh, which I think will be, you know, helpful in us trying to overcome this. Um, but, but yeah, so 
you know, I, I said, uh, you know, everyone keep trying to do the right thing, try to stay safe, uh, keep others in mind. Um, and then, you know, we will overcome it. Uh, but yeah, we got to get ready to get out of here, Dad. You got any anything else? I miss anything? Anything you want to say? Not really. You know, you know what just gets me like a little bit like now, like when I we, we talk about all this going on and then we talk about we got all this violence going on around here where, you know, like, you know what, we got to stand out. But you know what? Some people can't even go out and play, man, with, with all this that's going on, the shootings and stuff like that. And that's something that I, I wish some kind of way we could get a hold on that. But I guess we got to do one thing at a time. Um, and we, I guess we need to get through this COVID, COVID in a way. And I think, you know, a lot goes into that. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's trying to mentor and keep guys from going into that life, going down that path. And it's hard when you have so many people already engaging in that behavior. Um, but there's also different levels to that, like things that contribute to uh, people living in poverty. So um, definitely a lot to unpack there. I don't have the answers, um, but there are different organizations in, in cities like Philadelphia that fight to uh, decrease crime in our community. So look out for those. Um, try to find some if you want to get involved and definitely encourage you to do so. Um, but until next time, people, we'll see you. Same time, same place next week. And you know me, uh, peace out and have a safe and wonderful week.